Pam, pam, pam. Pam, pam, pam. We are live, everyone, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by publisher extraordinaire, Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Um, this week, well, it was kind of a slow news week, uh, we, but we have a few very interesting stuff, though, that did happen that we're going to discuss. Um, we have um, a new incentive from Tesla. We have... Um, uh, Cybertruck first update, so the first significant software update. We have Rivian coming out with a bunch of options, which is which is going to be an interesting thing to discuss with uh, the R2 coming also. And then we have the new Taycan that we're going to discuss, the, the new Taycan, the, the 2024 uh, model of the, of the Taycan that uh, comes with some significant upgrades that works worth discussing let me share my screen with you guys uh, so that we can get into it uh, this one right here all right let's start with uh, tesla bringing back um, the fsd transfer and free supercharging transfer incentive for existing buyers so that that first came out last year after after owners basically begged Tesla to do the right thing and to enable people to transfer the FSD package, which they paid up to fifteen thousand US dollars for it, nineteen thousand Canadian dollars for it over the last few years, for the simple logic that Tesla never actually delivered what was promised on it, which is a self-driving system. There's still uh, you, you could argue that uh, the, the Tesla has the feature complete system now and everything, but it's still not what was promised, which is no driver no driver attention require um, self-driving level four even level five was mentioned at one point but i think we can forget about that anyway so it was logical that if tesla never actually delivered the feature that was promised if you still believe that tesla can deliver it well you can transfer your package to a new car if you're due for a new car some people like to upgrade their car every few years every five years i mean at this point you can have someone that updates their car every six years and could still get <laughs> get uh, some use out of that transfer so it's getting there people uh, but tesla always resisted that uh, which kind of hurts me a lot because elon always said that tesla aimed to do the right thing and i, I think that would be the right thing here Instead, what happened is that Tesla finally flinched and finally offered it last year. When was that last year? Uh, Q3, Q3 of last year. But they didn't offer it as like, all right, let's now start doing this. It makes sense. We are still delayed in delivering on the feature. So in the meantime, anyone that wants to upgrade their car can transfer the, their, their uh, uh, package that way. And and to be clear, like Tesla, you're not losing any. Tesla is not losing anything with that because the the you can you remove the package from the other car. For so when you sell that car used, they're gonna have to purchase it back if if they want to. Uh, so obviously, less people are less likely to nowadays. But anyway, the only thing that it does really is that it validates the owner who went down and purchased that feature. It validates their decision to purchase that at that price because now. The price went up. Um, well, not exactly. It actually went down last year for a little bit. But <laughs> that's another story. Um, so it validates that for the owner, which is the right thing to do. And instead, what Tesla did is that they used it as a demand trigger. Elon said it was a one-time amnesty in Q3. And if you take delivery of a new car in Q3, you can transfer your existing FSD package to it. And he said it was a one-time amnesty and then it's not coming back. So if you want to do it, do it now, which created a demand lever for Tesla. A bunch of owners decided to go with it. At the time, at Electric, you know, a little bit more wary of uh, Elon's comments these days. We uh, didn't note that it might not be the last time that Tesla does that. If the if they and now they, they confirm that they are using this as a demand lever, so it, it makes sense that they would bring back that demand lever because why wouldn't they? Uh, just to make Elon not a liar, <laughs> we're we're past that now. Um, we're much past that. Yeah. So I like yeah, how he Elon, called it a Tesla, one. He, he called Tesla it a was one very time. willing to make Elon a liar and bring back this uh, incentive for this quarter. There's still a time limit on it, so there's no change on that. It's still very much a demand lever that Tesla is pulling. Uh, Tesla owners would take delivery by the end of the quarter, by March 31st, get uh, the opportunity to transfer the FSD beta 
to whatever well, FSD package just to say to the uh, new car. Uh, same thing for the supercharger incentive. So uh, you, if you have a car with free supercharging for life, you can transfer that to the to a new car, and you can stack them up. So if you have a car that I have both, there's, there's a few cars that I have both, but not that many. If you have two different cars like me, who has one that has FSD package and the other one we has uh, uh, free supercharging for life, you can transfer them both to a new car, and you don't even need to sell the car. Because uh, my Tesla gives me peanuts right now for my Model S, for example. So I would like to keep the Model S because uh, it's still running super well because it has a new battery pack in it. Uh, and you you can just keep the car and transfer that to the new car, which actually the new car is going to get a lot more out of the free supercharging because the Model S, the original Model S, doesn't super, uh, fast charge super fast. So I get uh, more out of, out of it. And also it's going to be my DD driver instead of my... Uh, I give my Model S to my parents right now who drive a little bit less than I do. So I'd get more use out of it. And then I get my Model 3, which has full self-driving, transfer that to the Model Y, and I get a Model Y now, brand new car with... Uh, with uh, hardware four, which I think more likely than the hardware three will get, uh, we could get eventually to level four. So these these are interesting incentive for people. You're gonna hate it, but yeah, it, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of a bittersweet thing. <laughs> I'm glad that it's back. I'm glad that someone like me can take advantage of it. Some other buyers can take advantage of it. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of hurts me that. Tesla is just, instead of doing the right thing with that, they are literally using their inability to deliver on a promised feature as a um, way to create more demand. It's, it, it's both like business genius, but also ethically speaking, it's like pretty F up. <laughs> what do you think, Zed? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the obvious thing to do would be say, hey, if you want a refund on FSD, you can have it and then move on and say, you know, do you want it on the next car or maybe you can wait and buy it as a subscription, which I think they still offer that that would be the right thing to do. But, um, a second best thing, I guess, is like, they know that they have all these people who are sitting on FSD that don't want to upgrade their car because they don't want to lose FSD. And they certainly don't want to pay 14,000 or whatever they're charging now for it, uh, for new FSD, uh, which, you know, to me seems insane, especially when, uh, if you're selling a car on the open market, with FSD and without FSD, it, it may make like a couple thousand dollars difference. It's not worth the 14000 that uh, people paid for it or you would pay for it new. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, this is certainly a demand driver for Tesla. I'm actually considering it as well as you. Um, just some, you know, you're not going to enjoy driving a Model Y around because the Model 3 is a much better car to drive. I'm just telling you that now. Um I have a Model Y. I don't enjoy driving it as nearly as much as the Model 3. Um, I'm actually thinking, my wife is not on board with this, but I'm actually thinking of uh, moving to a Model 3 because we have the Rivian. For yeah, you do the have big, the Rivian. Yeah, It's different. So we yeah, have the, yeah. yeah, we have the big hauler, um, but my wife wants a uh, seven, another seven, well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I'm also thinking of, uh, upgrading my Tesla situation because the FSD is in play again. And before that I was kind of stuck with the one that I had, which, I mean, I have to say like, it's been fine. Mostly the drivetrain has been pretty great, but things, you know, there's been some problems. Like my son slammed the door too hard, I guess the back door and it's like stuck closed now. Really? And, um, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, and there was something else that happened. I don't know. There's just like little things and it rattles and stuff like that. Um, the, the panel gaps were always pretty bad. So I don't know. I would like to get a new Model Y, like one that's, you know, put together well. And, um, you know, maybe not the uh, 4680s because of the charging stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's it seems like something that would be worthwhile. It just, I don't know. Kind of, I'm kind of on the fence. Tesla also, I don't know if you've looked at uh, their inventory stuff, but they're also marking down things like four or five, six thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw that you just posted that. Um, I mean, at Tesla in inventory always has a, a discount of like one to three thousand, um, but uh, I, I'll need to look if uh, if there's really like more to it now. I, I've looked mostly in Canada to be honest, but with Canada, like I don't think they have like extra discount inventory right now just because of. Uh, the new the the recent price drop which 
resulted in a new incentive, especially in Quebec. So yeah, right. for me, it's, it's more why I'm looking at the model right now because I could use a little bit of a bigger car. I could use a toyage. Uh, and I'm getting a little mm. bunch of new electric toys that uh, require a trailer to, to move them around. So like that can be useful. And the hardware for like the, these things are what I'm looking at. And so obviously I would be using a little bit more fun of driving. My Model 2 performance is super fun to drive. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I would also, uh, and I was also lose like obviously acceleration and things like that. But I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a trade-up that would be worth. They, it, with my Model 3 right now, they gave me $30,900 for it. 2018 Model 3 performance with 53,000 kilometers on it. Um, so basically, with the new incentives, it would be like $30,000 out of pocket after trade-in to get a new car. It's not a bad deal. It's 30,000 Canadian pesos. It's like 22,000, 23,000 US, something like that. Not a bad deal. Yeah, but our, our, plan, our plan was to give uh, the Model Y to our uh, my in-laws and then... And you can actually still remove the FSD from that one and move it to yep. a new one. So that's kind of yeah. Cool. You can keep the uh, the only thing they say is that the car needs to be in your possession in your account when you transfer it. Yes. Yeah. So so you need to buy the Model Y, the new Model Y, before you give uh, them to your in laws, uh, or or if you if you actually transfer the the car to the right Tesla account. That's the only requirement. Here's a, here's a situation that might be interesting. What if somebody had a Tesla Model S uh, with with uh, supercharging, uh, free supercharging, and it was totaled. Um, could you buy that totaled car, get the free supercharging off of it, and then you know do whatever they were gonna and give it back to them basically? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if Tesla can. I mean, I'm sure they can figure out that it's total, but if it's in your account and it's listed as having free supercharging. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's, it's, it'd be fair. Um, yeah, because I mean, especially since you you had that the free supercharging and you're not able to use it now because your car is total and there's no equivalent to get on a new car. So it would be fair to transfer it to a new car. Yeah. So I mean, if you find a, a Model S with free supercharging on it, you know, on you know, uh, bring a trailer kind of site. Maybe it makes sense to buy that thing temporarily, get the free supercharging off of it, and then do whatever they, you know, give it back. Yeah, instead of four parts, whatever. Yep, yep. All right, moving on, we have uh, the first uh, significant software update for the Cybertruck. So the Cybertruck, for people who don't know, there's still, it, 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 like, still limitation uh, software-wise. Like Tesla, Tesla often does that. They bring the car to market and uh, not fully adapted. Software is not fully adapted to it yet. Uh, so Tesla has a lot of different software now to maintain. It's not just the Model S anymore. Like yeah, Model S and Model X at least are pretty close, but still they have software differences to them. And then Model 3, Model Y also very close, but still software difference to them, especially since they've been different variation of each models. And now, yeah, the Cybertruck into the mix, it's getting a lot more complicated for Tesla software team to maintain all these different softwares and bring all the features uh, on par across the lineup. Uh, for example, the Autopilot, uh, is not, well, the, uh, at least the Auto Steer, I should say, which is like the main feature of Autopilot, even though I would argue that cruise control, uh, active cruise control is also very important. It's not on Autopilot, on Cybertruck just yet. Uh, so Tesla hasn't adapted to it, probably still gathering that data from, from the fleet in order to adapt the cameras and everything to the, uh, because the, the positioning of the cameras are different on the most Cybertruck than on the other vehicles, obviously. Uh, so there's a lot of things like that that are not there yet. Um, also some room improvement, like you, you get more data from the fleet. Uh, you, uh, you, you get a bigger fleet now, obviously, with the, uh, the customer delivery starting. So you get more feedback and uh, you're able to improve the software. And Tesla has, I mean, for the, 
Ford CEO Jim Farley himself said it, Tesla has a big advantage over other automakers because of how deep their software goes, whereas they control the all the subsystem inside the vehicles, they also have full software control over them. Um, so it, it gives this little opportunity to upgrade a lot of different things. And we get the first example for the Cybertruck here, uh, which apparently gets improved ride and handling through a software update. That's always cool. Uh, get a more, con- uh, I'm reading from Tesla's release notes right now. Get a more consistent response on different road surfaces and greater comfort on rough and winding pavement in sport mode or when custom ride and handling is set to focused. Uh, also expect reduced pitch and body roll in off-road mode. So this is pretty cool. Tesla has always set out for the Cybertruck uh, to have a very versatile suspension system that's able to be comfortable with and without load, with and without towing, and on and off-road. So it looks like Tesla is making some adjustment there to uh, to to achieve that goal, which is cool. Uh, there's also... Did you try again? Oh, uh, Nope. Series trying to uh, get involved in this podcast here, but it's uh, no, 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 uh, sh- shut up. I think, I think it's up. No, no, stop. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Siri, he's AI. Like, now I have like Siri, Google Assistant, Jim. No, 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 no. Ah, Don't say those up. words. <laughs> I have them all nowadays, so they all try to chime in. Uh, you also have more efficient charging with this update. Your vehicle now adjusts to the power level of each DC charging station, so battery preconditioning when you're navigating to a charger, and then charging can be more efficient. So I'm not sure if that's like um, a non-supercharging station, like Tesla is, is now adapting to them, or if Tesla now did know before if your supercharger you go to is 150, 250... Uh, station. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it had to know that. I would assume so. That's why I'm thinking maybe it's other non-supercharger DC station, but I don't know. There's also a bunch of other release in this update, but it's mostly all the stuff that was in the Tesla holiday update from a, a, f- a few months ago, from, from December. So it's stuff that just didn't make it to the Cybertruck yet, but uh, if other vehicles already have it. So this is pretty cool. All right, on the bad news front for Tesla, it looks like they are preparing for a round of layoffs. Uh, So this is a report from Bloomberg this week that says that Tesla reached out to all its U.S. managers to ask them a binary question, whether is someone on your staff critical or not critical? That's it. Uh, So normally when a company does something like that, especially when Tesla does something like that, it's because they're preparing for a round of layoffs and they want the manager to give them the people that, cannot be touched <laughs> and uh, they have to give a few options if uh, if the, the there's gonna be layoffs so this this is uh, this is a bummer really because um, it's something that we've been keeping an eye on on electric because I do believe that Tesla's biggest strength has always been its ability to attract talent and to retain talent and I know there's a bunch of Tesla naysayers right now that are laughing at me is like, oh yeah, really retaining talent. There's like been people leaving left and right. Sure, there's always some turnover. And I agree that there's been a bunch of like more high profile uh departures lately, like um Capperty and Zach and and you know, people very critical to Tesla. Um but for the most part, Tesla has been extremely good at retaining top talent. There's people that have been Tesla for decades at this point, and uh the Tesla always uh, tops the list of like the most attractive companies to work for for like student engineering and, and and so the next generation Tesla is always getting like the the top uh, the top uh, new interns and all that and then some of them are getting offers after that so that's something to keep an eye on and if Tesla the morale is down in the company uh, if it becomes less attractive to work there if the job stability is not there with like rounds of layoff it can be a problem and now it's starting to stack up a little bit because you have uh we reported on the the stock compensation being slashed uh, last year then there was this the, the the annual pay bump following the performance review that was disappointing to a lot of people that reached out to us and then it was confirmed by Tesla when they sent out an email saying that they were going to do a second review of the pay bump uh, because they heard that the feedback was bad. Um, but then that was delayed, we reported a few weeks ago. So this is becoming more right now. You add to that a possible down array off, which is, it's not it's not great. Um, Tesla always, to be fair, Tesla does sporadically do round of layoffs. And even as the company is profitable and grows and all that, uh, so that that can be weird for people. But for the most part, 
sorry, Tesla has justified that by saying that it's uh, to counteract uh, hyper growth inefficiencies and hyper growth because Tesla has grown its headcount super fast over the years, hiring tens of thousands of people every year. And when you do have a, a hiring effort that is so big, you will get some redundancies, some mishires that shouldn't have happened and all that. So it's just going to happen. And it makes sense to just live it out with a round of layoffs every now and then. However, it made more sense before than it does now because Tesla has started to slow down its headcount growth significantly. In 2022, Tesla grew its headcount by 29,000 people. Um, so a lot more hires and also just a bigger percentage of growth. In 2023, even though Tesla had more people, they just grew by 12,000. So it's basically a third of the growth uh, in terms of uh, actual new headcount uh, and even less so in terms of a percentage increase of their total headcount. So Tesla is now less of an excuse of like, hey, we're growing so fast that we just we need to fix that at some point that it's more like cost-cutting effort right now, really. But yeah, if uh, if we have people at Tesla that uh, want to give us some just some insights, like maybe we're wrong, maybe the morale is like top notch at Tesla, or anything like that. Like we'd love to hear from you anonymously or not. Um, it's you to just to, to talk about uh, this issue because I think it's one of the biggest one. Like it, Tesla, if it loses its capacity to attract and retain talent, is just not the same company anymore. And I know you have some uh, inside sources there. Have they mentioned anything? Uh, pro or con or about that? Yeah, and especially after this article too, I had a bunch of people reach out to me about it. And that's why I'm asking if there is any contrary opinions to this because both before that article and after that article, what I've heard from people is like mostly like, I've heard two things. I've heard the morale is down because stock options are down. The stock is down. So the stock options are less valuable. The pay bump was not there. Also, people yeah. are not as inspired by Elon Musk as they used to be is a lot more controversial. So having a leader that's uh, uh, more polarizing is not always great. Uh, and then I've heard also on the hiring side that it has become tougher for Tesla to hire. Tesla is now having to be a little bit more competitive in their offers because people it's not what it used to be. Like Tesla used to be able to offer less money uh, to people because uh, people put more uh, uh, more potential in the stock options that's not right. true anymore so that's harder to uh, to sell to new hires and also uh just on the, on the, the pay level tesla has never been super competitive for uh, the 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 bay area specifically in, in terms of software uh so th that has been an issue i've heard and at the same time, people are just now not willing to take those pay cuts for the mission anymore because, I mean, the mission is still there, but it's just Tesla is not the underdog anymore. Like It's not like, oh, we'll, we'll show these ice automakers what, what's done. Like it, it, That feel like it's been done a little bit, so it's a little bit less exciting. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel that at Electric too, like where uh, we, we, used to, we used to yell at all those other media organizations, like, you should take AV seriously now. Now it's like, everyone is taking EV seriously so it's like not exactly the same um but there's a bunch of factors like that that i think is affecting the situation for tesla all right um tesla has expanded its advertising effort it's uh, something new for tesla advertising we we remember last year just a few months really after elon happens to buy a company that's uh, heavily reliant on advertising uh a shareholder asked him if uh, Tesla would start advertising. And uh, he said, yes. Uh, it wasn't the first time that shareholders had asked him that. And it was always no. And now this time it was yes. Uh, did I put the quote in it? Because the quote I thought was very interesting. Because obviously Elon hates advertising. Or at least he hated all the way up to October 2022. Um, yeah, yeah. When he asked that, so I did find a quote and I put it here. Uh, he said... It's indeed ironic. Uh, Twitter is highly dependent on advertising. Here I am, never really used to advertising before, and now I have a company that's highly dependent on advertising. This is kind of a like Elon being a little bit crazy. I'm not really used to advertising. It's it's more than that. You you are on record saying that you hate advertising, and now I have a company that's highly dependent on advertising. I guess I should say that advertising is awesome, and everyone should do it. Obviously, that was tongue in cheek, but. It's ironic, but it's true at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. just, and then seconds later, he's like, you know what? I 
like I proud myself in taking feedback from my shareholders. So I'm going to say, yes, we're going to start advertising. <laughs> has nothing to do with what I just said about me having a company bigger iron. So for the most part, we all thought, okay, how long is it going to take between the Tesla starts advertising and start advertising on X specifically? <laughs> so we we, I, we didn't take bets or anything, but we should have because um uh, didn't take that long. Tesla only, only last summer, really, like a few months after that, they started advertising a little bit with some targeted Google ads. And then I think it was in November, uh, there was uh, video ads that they started to put out uh, in, in November last year uh, on YouTube. It looks like it was like a small test uh, or something like that. Now this week, it looks like it, the big expansion. Uh, we got a bunch of reports from people on YouTube, on TikTok, and on X. So Tesla has decided to start advertising on X, which is controversial for a few reasons. Well, it's it's only controversial if Elon is involved, really. And you have to think that it's, he most likely is. Because also, sure. I just mentioned YouTube, Google, TikTok, and X. What big uh, advertising platforms are missing? <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. So... Yeah. Is it? That sounds like Elon's hands is a, is is uh behind the puppet somewhere there because Elon obviously hates uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook and Instagram, and the not, Tesla is not transferring any money for ad space there, but it is transferring money to X, which is you know kind of the problem because now Elon has like a direct way to funnel money from from Tesla to X. Obviously, I'm sure that there has to be reports on how efficient the ads are and all that, but it's still it's still a bit controversial because X is a you know you know he wants to send a lot of money there. You know he does. Like it's just very clear. I'm sure, and you know, especially like the stats, the data on this, like you can play with those a little bit. Like it's uh, easy to manipulate, easy to make it look better than than it is. So I'm sure that right now Elon is thinking like let's. Let's boost those ads on the X side of thing. Like, like makes it look good. Like X is very good for Tesla, and to justify sending money there and, and, and like boosting the, the 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 budget for ads and uh, Tesla ads on on, on X. Um, yeah, it's just it's too easy to not be by the book here. It's too easy to have conflicts of interest even breach of fiduciary duty. It's just too easy. And you know what? I have zero confidence in the Tesla board having any oversight over this. It's sad to say, but in the, one of the biggest companies in the world right now, one of the most valuable companies in the world, one of the most impactful companies in the world, doesn't have a board that shareholders can trust to have oversight over that because they didn't do anything when he uh, started XAI, when he bought... Twitter and transferred employee from Tesla to X. They didn't do anything when he asked for 25% or he would move AI product from where he wouldn't, he wouldn't build AI product at Tesla and build this XAI startup instead. Um, they let him evidently now, and as per court decision, they let him basically craft his own performance package and, uh, <laughs> and presented at the board as if it was their brilliant idea. Uh, just no, too much nonsense at this point. Just too much nonsense to let that one slip to. All right, we're going to move on from the Tesla stuff and talk about Rivian, Porsche. And then, then we're going to end on a very interesting note too. I'm going to come back to Elon. Not really Tesla related, but I still thought it was very interesting and it's probably going to generate some discussion for you guys. So if you guys have any question for us, you can put it in the comment section right now. We're live on X. On Twitter, um, Twitter is X. <laughs> on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram too. I think I think we might be live on Instagram. We're live everywhere on LinkedIn, so you can put the comments right now, and when they answer them, it can be about what we discussed today or anything anything else in the EV space that you want us to discuss. We're gonna get to them in just a few minutes. But now let's start about Rivian that has added two two or three uh, new options. So well, two two new base option at least for. Um, the R1S and R1T. It's a standard and standard plus battery packs. 
Um, so these options are obviously cheaper. Uh, I think it brings the price down to 60 something thousand dollars. 69,000 is the starting price for the R1T with the standard pack. Yes, okay, $69,000 before tax credit, obviously. It's not eligible to the tax credit too. Okay, yeah, 69, it's right there. It's a new standard uh, battery pack. Gets you 270 miles of range, which is not bad. You have the standard plus that gives you 315. Um, and um, and then the, the they changed the EPA on the max, is that it? Because there's also a longer range option now. Well, the max is that the new extra thing, which is controversial because it doesn't give you that much extra range. But um, yeah, four hundred on the R one S, four ten in the R one T. I don't know. So this this is an interesting move, obviously, from Rivian because it's uh, on the eve of uh, the R the R two platform launching, which is going to be the cheaper uh, vehicles built on that platform. Are we expecting more than one vehicle on the R1T uh, being unveiled, right? So nobody knows uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, I think we know that there, there's going to be R2S because we've seen, you know, the the patent and the thing yeah. under the sheets. But I think uh, I would love to see a R2T, which would be like a Maverick or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool product. Yes, for sure. But obviously, the, the strategy here is very smart, is that they're going to unveil that uh, March 7th, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, so March Laguna 7th, Beach. just a few weeks. And it's not going to come right away. It's going to take a year or two before the, the, the vehicles actually come to market. So it makes sense. In the meantime, like all the press, all the attention they're going to get on them for unveiling those vehicles. And people are like, ah, we want them. We want them so bad. Uh, but they are going to be like, yeah, if you don't want to wait, we just launched cheaper versions of our Bigger vehicles, the R1T and R1S, uh, just for a few thousand dollars more, probably like $10,000 more, uh, realistically, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, you can actually get one right now. So obviously, this uh, this makes a ton of sense. The smart move from Rivian right here. Yeah, they give you kind of like every tier that you you know, you know could possibly want. Maybe even too many tiers. I feel like three tiers is yeah, four, maybe Yeah, four enough. is a lot. Huh? Yeah. Um, Ford, but, that's just the battery pack. After that, you have the uh, motor configuration options, right? Yeah, you can get uh, quad motor. Although they've made the quad motor, they've they've neutered the quad motor, so you can't do like tank turns. And you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not a lot that you can do the quad motor, but you can't do with the the dual motor. And the dual performance motor is so good, and it's more efficient. So it's like, and they only charge us, you know, a small premium for the quad motors. I feel like they're gonna pull the quad motor at some point because just mm-hmm. nobody nobody would rather have, you know, that little bit of extra performance and not the range and save money. Unless you so really I, want to to off road with it, which I I don't know what kind of percentage of uh, Rivian buyers really. I would off-road. guess that in I don't know in the middle of this year, I I think the R. The, the quad motor will be a very niche product, even mm-hmm. if it's even offered at all. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> we have Spike says that says that I got a Tesla hat at the start of the YouTube stream today. <laughs> Tesla nice. advertises with electric. <laughs> all right. Well done. It literally, we just got a few cents uh, from Tesla to Google to Google to us. It's very exciting. All right, I'm uh, right now. I, I I stopped trashing Tesla right away, and I, I start uh, being a full yes buy bias buy a Model Y. Yeah, buying. Get, I'm buying a new car right now. Get get a, a Cybertruck. Get two. <laughs> so I got this wrong. So this is the upgrade for the 2025, but it's announced now for the Porsche Taycan. Is it? Yeah, that'll be coming out the middle of this year, though. Okay, so so it's like it's going to be an early model year. Yeah. Yeah, Normally, like 2025 would be the end of the year, but this this summer, yeah, it's coming out this summer. Okay, so what's new on this? You have a, it's, it's quite a significant update. So you have um, more performance here, like it's a, and it's significantly more performance for the base version, the uh, rear-wheel drive Taycan Turbo. Uh, you get uh, from 4.5 to uh, no, now 4.5, and it used to be 5.1, so 0.6 seconds shaved. On that zero to sixty miles per hour time, it's it's significant. Uh, you have this new feature called 
push to pass function in the sport chrono package i i never liked that there's a few like porsche has done that audi has done that i've not, never been a fan of like you activate that and for 10 seconds you have a 70 kilowatt boost so you can go faster it's like yeah just just give it to me whenever i want it whenever exactly. i put why like make make the button the bottom of the floor of the uh pedal <laughs> you know like, like i'll hit the button when i yeah. hit the floor That'll hit the button and then I'll go, you know. That makes this brilliant engineering set. You just Thank remove you. the remove one part. Remove one input. Elon Elon should hire you. Every input is an error. Yep. Um you have uh, faster charging, uh three hundred and twenty kilowatt charging now, peak charging. So if you do have the, the charging speed, is impressive. Yeah, it was already great at two seventy, now three twenty, it's another fifty kilowatt higher peak obviously peak is always you know, we, we try not to focus too much on that because normally you achieve the peak for just a few minutes max and then uh, it tempers off uh, but this is this is still good like more more is better on that um they also and improve the, the the charging uh, curve on this is pretty impressive too yeah it, it hits over 300 until 60 percent almost mm-hmm. yeah so you're talking zero to 60 percent you're charging at 300 kilowatt hours so that i mean it's 300 kilowatts sorry so i mean that's really impressive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they also improved the uh, charging on the 400 volt network uh, so it should optimize the speed on that because obviously you're not going to always charge at 800 volt um, you're going to try to obviously the battery pack now on the performance plus battery pack option is bigger at 105 kilowatt hour instead of 93 so that's nice um uh, there's more power on the real axle motor now, and another 80 kilowatt more. A next gen e pump, so for uh, cold weather climates, it's uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be a little bit more efficiency out of this, on top of having a bigger, well, a bigger battery pack is an option for a bigger battery pack. Um, more standard features like lane change assist, ambient lighting, Porsche Intelligent Range Manager. The Range Manager was not standard. A new cooling system and more. So those are now standard uh, feature. A little bit to change in the front styling here. I'm not familiar enough with the Taycan interior to point out the big differences. Here. Yeah, I mean, it's got a new screen on the right side. Um, the intelligent, um, we saw the intelligent range manager uh, when we were at the Macan event. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's just really, you know, a smart way of like, it, you know, figures out which, stations you should charge at and you you can even tell it like hey i want to eat dinner like you can have like uh chargers with restaurants or or you know fast chargers and Mm -hmm. and if they're full and a lot of inputs into there so it's it's pretty smart nice new interior options black and black and slate gray Pricing, the new pricing here. So now the Taycan starts at $99,400 and then it goes up fast. If you want the 4 really fast. already at 118 If you want the Turbo, you're at 173 If you want the Turbo S, you're at 200000 And then basically do the same thing for the, the Cross Turismo version, but add $10,000, which is crazy. I like how they're not even pretending like they want to try to get under the... Uh... You know the eighty thousand price. Not that this is an SUV or anything, but it just yeah. I don't know if the Crosturismo would qualify as one. I don't think so. No. Although it's it's certainly heavy enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, two hundred eleven thousand is the top, and that's that's the starting price. That's before you start doing the options and stuff. Yeah, and Porsche loves their options. Yeah, so you're uh, talking about a quarter million dollar car. Oh yeah, it's a rich person's car. Like I remember, I was there when they launched that thing. Um, I was sick as a mule in niagara fall they did the crazy unveiling with the 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 falls behind it was awesome i'm like i was like oh i want that car so bad and i had my model s back then and i looked to upgrade and it's like because ah! these are u.s prices and canadian prices like the one that i configured one and it was like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. i'm like Geez. yeah <laughs> they're so the the cars are so nice though like, oh they're, they're nice. just really well put together they they just feel great. They're, they just go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I would seriously consider one one day. Like, if the the, the supreme leader ever decides to deliver the, the, the roadster and we do get our roadster, <laughs> and I'm not 
putting any weight on that. <laughs> that I'm just I, I'm talking about like a, a dream scenario here. And I would I would love to drive a roadster. Obviously, I would give it a shot and everything. But I seriously doubt just how uh, I would do with a car that's just that crazy and that expensive. Too, I was just, it would freak me out. I'm not used to driving like something like three hundred thousand uh, dollars. I would maybe like sell that and buy like you know the Boxster looks pretty cool. The new Boxster from Porsche coming, the Boxster Electric. That that could be something very interesting, I think. Um, I agree. And that, I mean, if it follows Porsche's existing lineup, it should be significantly cheaper, I would think. Um, right. Would be a nice weekend car, going like a little road trip. Um, I, I you want know, a convertible. Not that you mention it, like this is a pretty big price increase. Like that, you could get an old Cross Turismo for. You know, like eighty thousand. This is like a thirty thousand dollar price bump. The the old Taycan starting price was in the seventies, I thought. For just yeah, the, the original, model. yeah, yeah. But they they had so many changes to like the options, the packages, and all that. They like they, they have the Taycan, Taycan Four S, Taycan Turbo, Turbo S. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I guess now I, I got it confused because you can have a Turbo S with rear wheel drive. Really? But that's what they said here, uh, unless it was a. Uh, our mistake here. I think the Turbo S is all-wheel drive. Rear-wheel. Oh no, it's just you can have a turbo, a Taycan Turbo that's rear-wheel drive, not the S. Yeah, the S is the okay. top performance one. Because I was surprised, like even that gets four point five seconds. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean everything on this looks amazing except the prices. <laughs> the prices, I guess they. Mm-hmm. I guess Porsche is like, look, we're so much better than everybody else. We're just going to yeah. charge whatever. And of I mean, course, you can get a, a Model S and all those things, but I mean, you, 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 they 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 are well. They have a lot of experience in selling a very expensive car, like the GTR right. three and all that. Like these these cars are top notch for and very expensive for a reason, and and they are in high demand too. So, all right. This this was an interesting poll. I'm, I'm putting it in there because it, it was one of the most popular articles this week, and uh, I thought it was interesting because it sort of gave me like a little bit of hope for a second. But Elon obviously couldn't stay away from Twitter all week and uh, killed that hope for me. Do you like that 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 image? It's uh it, it's an AI generated image, <laughs> and I made myself laugh a lot because I I wrote this post here, which the headline is. Uh, not clickbaity at all. It's extremely factual. Elon Musk introduces his new right-wing fans to a carbon tax. Goes as well as, as you expect. And I was like, what What do I use for a feature image on this? And I'm like, ah. Uh, especially my, my girlfriend introduced me to uh, Mid Journey. Uh, and I've been using it a lot more now. I'm like, oh, let's try to see if Mid Journey can produce me an image of that. And you, you, with the, I don't know if how familiar you are with this, but you have to like play with the prompt that you give it to try to get yeah. something that makes sense. And, okay? and it goes through Discord, right? Yeah, it goes through like the Discord thing is is and it's not ideal for that. But uh, it, the the way that you write the prompt is the most important thing. So you have to the AI needs to understand what you're trying to achieve. So this one, I was like, I had no idea what to do. So I was like, I literally gonna go with the headline. I was like, Elon Musk explaining a carbon tax to a, a crowd of right wing fans. <laughs> That's literally what I wrote. That's literally what I got. It's just pretty good because I mean, obviously, like the people look like they are a fan of him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah and everything. He looks like he's explaining something. And then the carbon thing, I guess they are they are showing it with the fire in the back. I thought it was so cool. I don't know why. Anyway, it kind of so, reminds me of that. Uh, z- what is that? That uh, end of the world movie with Z. One more Z. Uh, yeah, that that seemed like you know the one with <laughs> I think Brad Pitt was in. That's World War Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that the, scene uh, in Israel where the the zombies try to get over the wall. You know? <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So what was the situation here? So. You know, Elon obviously has uh, made a lot more fans on the right side of the political spectrum in the U.S. in the last few years for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, 
reinstating uh, conservative voices on, on Twitter has uh, helped him being a hero of free speech and the, the right at the same time. And he's uh, aligned himself a lot more with the political right in the U.S., simply like objectively speaking here, by just looking at what he posts on X, he laughs a ton at the Democrats, which reasons a lot of the time he, like, he says stupid things and he allies them. But he doesn't do it with Trump, uh, who's you can like him or hate him. He also says a lot of stupid things. And just that, if you become a political commentator, which is what basically Elon is becoming right now, you have to look at what the highlights and what they don't highlight and what they don't highlight can say as much what they do highlight sometimes. So he's has aligned himself with the right in that in that sense. But this week, he, uh, or last weekend, really, he decided to post about a carbon tax into his, his exact words. So someone posted like a, a cut of what he said before about a carbon tax that he think it would be a, a very impactful. And then he said the only action needed to solve climate ta- change is, is a, a carbon tax. Everyone does that on X. Like this, I do that all the time too. I double the things. I don't know. It's the way that the editor is put. I always double uh, words like huh. that. He's not like signaling ISIS or anything. <laughs> no, ISIS is uh, uh, institutions, uh, investor services, and, and all that. That's that's ISIS for him. All right, so I clicked on. I was excited. I'm like, "Oh, nice, uh, Elon talking about climate change for for a change instead of uh, the immigration crisis and um, uh, and uh, and the woke mind virus and all that." That 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 felt that the whole the old Elon Musk. Uh, so, like, I'm wondering how his new right wing fans are taking this uh, this this uh, push for a carbon tax, and I went into the comments. Oh, I don't. The, Mm, okay, I cannot show the uh, most of the comments, but I went in the comments. Okay, I had to go down fifty comments to see a positive one. Like obviously, right now is 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 uh, profile is very overtaken by these uh, conservative people, and they laughed at him. Like they they said like ah oh, you know any tax is tough, and next is a tax on air we breathe. Uh, it's it's all. And these also, I, I, I only pick the top ones here, like the the most upvoted ones. So, so to get, um, I'm, this is a bummer. The Why ones is that, that, Why uh, is that a carbon tax won't achieve anything because China won't participate. We're gonna get into that because that's actually a decent point. But I think it's you need to go further than that. Um, obviously, some climate denier stuff too. Uh, I don't. I don't like this. Uh, the way it's the CO two narrative is a lie. So there was all that. I literally had to go down fifty comments to see it. So there's a, there's a few things on this. I tweeted out after this. Like there, this could be interesting because this whole Elon Musk going to the right things could be worth it if he can actually use his newfound uh, fame in the right wing spectrum to push a carbon tax. And if that works, I think that might have been all worth it because I do agree with Elon that. Uh, a meaningful carbon tax uh, is the most impactful thing that you can do for um, to 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 curb climate change. Obviously, and the, the and actually, it's also something that should be easy to sell to conservative because most conservative are free market. Well, I mean, there's been like the it's it's convoluted at this point, but like free market conservative at least are for a free market. And a free market only works if you account for external costs. So it needs to be fair. It needs to all the externalities needs to be accounted for. Otherwise, it's not a free market. And burning carbon, uh, burning fossil fuels, and releasing carbon into the atmosphere as a cost. And if it's not reflected in that product, in the cost of that product, it becomes an inefficient market, and your market fails. And that's what we have right now. So a carbon tax fix this inefficient market and uh, allows for a true cost of the products to be accounted for. And then the, 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 the products that are the best overall, so the best product and also the best for the environment, do end up on top. It's as simple as that. So it should make sense. Obviously, it only makes sense if you do believe that carbon, 
the releasing of carbon in the atmosphere as an impact on the environment. I think it should be quite clear. I know like people always all every single scientist that ever lived don't agree on that, obviously, uh, but the vast majority of them do. I like this chart always, unless uh, you're like a flat earther and you don't you believe that NASA are a bunch of liar and everything. This data is coming from NASA, and it's pretty simple data. It's the it's the temperature on Earth, average temperature, how it's been rising a lot in the fossil fuel era, especially the internal combustion engine era. It's been rising consistently while the solar irradiance, because that's the thing that uh, conservatives often use. They say, yeah, I mean, the earth has always been cooling, warming, cooling all the time and everything. Yes, but during that period where we see temperature rising like crazy, the solar radiance, which is the amount of sun that we get on earth, has not changed. It's the same actually went down actually, but that's part of the natural cycle of the sun. So yes, the cycle of the sun has affected Earth and also the but the amount of carbon in the atmosphere is also affecting Earth. And now that we're really seeing a lot more of it, which is there's no doubt about, it's not something controversial to say. It has increased the temperature on Earth. So at the very least, we can all agree, I think, on the fact that products that emit less carbon over the entire lifetime, so that accounts for like battery pack production versus burning gasoline inside your car. Products that do less of that are less risky in this weird experiment that we have of pumping a bunch of carbon into the atmosphere. So why not go and why not incentivize the less risky products? It's as simple as that. But obviously, every tax is theft and all that. <laughs> the, the real problem set is the is the name, right? It's like a carbon tax, but it's a good name though. It's what it is. It's it's a tax, but. Just here's what they should do. Republican attacks and they freak out. They they need to tax it and or whatever you want to call it at the well. They if if they tax it at the well, then they're not you're not seeing like you know the gas pump. You're not seeing hey, there's a four dollar tax on this, and you tax it at the well at a rate that is. um, So what I would say is like, all right, let's figure out the best carbon capture in the world, right? Whatever the best carbon capture in the world. Take that, whatever it costs to capture carbon, that's how much the tax is. So if you can car you can, if you can capture carbon at, you know, four dollars per ton or whatever, that's what the, the tax is. And if you do that, then it's solved. Like do it at the well, mm-hmm. chart you know, charge it everywhere on earth, and that's it. That's it. I mean, I agree with Elon in this case. Like it's very simple. Yeah, no, it it is simple. If uh, again, there's there's layers to this. There's what I just discussed. You need, we need to agree that there's an impact. That's the difficult part. And maybe Elon should work on that before introducing to his right wing fan the carbon tax. Maybe he should work on the uh, convincing them that uh, humans releasing an insane amount of carbon into the atmosphere uh. has an impact on the environment. I mean. For people that don't believe me, like just start your car in your garage for a little bit and tell me there's no impact. No, I shouldn't say that. Actually. Do it for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do it for like two minutes. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't, don't do it all. We, we do not condone. <laughs> yeah, we starting don't, we don't cars in your garage, killing yourself in your garage with car. But I mean, if at least if you know that that's a thing, you should like. One thing that we should agree in at least is like air pollution is a real thing. Like. You've seen it in every major city. If you go to India, if you go to China, and that, and that's the other point. So that's the other one. All right, what is it worth that we do it in the U.S. and Canada in the Western world? If China, if India is not going to do it, it's true. You create yourself uh, and you put yourself in a less competitive situation if you don't do it in the short term. So I think there's a few aspects to this. You can is like, do you want to be part of the problem because not everyone is part of the solution? Or you, you want to be part of the solution. You should ask yourself that in the first place. So when you say everybody else is not doing it, so we shouldn't do it, you are agreeing to be part of the problem because you don't want to be a leader in, in finding the solution. So that's, that's just a loser mentality, in, in my opinion, to start with. Is America a lo- as a loser mentality? I don't think so. Uh, I would also say, like, you could tax China at the border. So, like, if mm-hmm. China decides, hey, we're not going to you know, we're going to send all this carbon in the air that be like, all right, that's fine. You get charged 50% tax because Mm -hmm. you're sending all this carbon. So we're charging that, you know, that, that carbon gets taxed anyway. 
Yeah. So I think if if we did that, then China would probably get on board, or at least you know make an effort. Which they are doing anyway. <laughs> yeah, which they might be doing it better than we are. And that brings me to some my cases. second point on that front: is that if you don't do it, then you're you're going to be uh, a lagger in in the new clean technology, like electric vehicles, like solar, like all that. And China doesn't want to be a lagger in that, and they are not. They are leading the way. So if you're not early in it, then you're not going to own the manufacturing power for that stuff and everything, and you're going to fall behind economically anyway. So you're going to be a loser anyway. Yeah, and we know that's the future. Like, it, like there's just no future for fossil fuels. No, it's literally a finite resource. So at one point, it's going to end. So why not end it sooner so that we have a less risk of a major impact on the environment? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. always like to point out risk instead of actual like doomsday scenario and everything because at least you have to admit that there's a risk because you don't you don't know what this experiment of pumping carbon in the asteroid is gonna exactly do. No one does. We have a pretty good idea that's probably not gonna be good, <laughs> but yeah, no it's one knows not exactly. looking good. So why not, not reduce risk? We we reduce risk in everything we do in life. Like why we don't do it with that? Like why we're conservative people? You're, you're conservative. Let's conserve. Like let's be conservative with the environment. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought it was very interesting. But then, so I thought, oh, maybe this is like Elon coming back to uh, his normal self and everything. But no, after that, he went on the uh, whole Twitter rant about uh, Disney replacing Johnny Depp with a black actor. And, and, it, and I was like, who gives it? Damn. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I miss the old Elon. I, I miss the uh, carbon tax stuff. It was kind of... Yeah kind of threw me threw me back into the old days mm-hmm. all right, all right into the questions the all right how long would it take gm to pivot to a new battery chemistry like lfp or could they even do that i think they've already said that the bolt is going to be lfp the new bolt. yeah so we'll see like a couple years probably yeah not, not easy exactly because yeah they they do own partly own the uh the cell manufacturing so they're not completely cell agnostic yeah, I mean, they have the things with LG and, and other companies. So, All right, this is for you, Fred. Did you really declare level five dead? Is RoboTaxi in the coffin too? I, I don't see any chance of Tesla delivering level five autonomy on any other current vehicles. It just doesn't make sense to me because level five is anywhere, anytime, any condition. Yeah. If you've used... Autopilot or FSD in um, cold climate, uh, in in the snow, in, in um, the slush, and all that. Like I do every day in Quebec, you know for a fact that's just not happening. Like in a drive here between Shawinigan to Montreal right now, I'll get half a dozen alerts of like, "Hey, this camera is like has a little smidge of something on it, and everything cannot do it." Like, these are hardware problems. Tesla is only focusing on improving software. Well, that's not true. They're also improving hardware, but they are. They are promising the features on the current hardware. And so I don't think the current hardware can support level five. Maybe level four. Yeah, level four. You, you can you can have a robo taxi service on level four, I would think. It's just that service is going to shut down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Waymo would be considered level four, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah Waymo cannot operate anytime, anywhere. Yeah, they, they can do it in nice, warm you know, cities oh. that, that don't rain a lot. All right, uh, Jersey John from Twitter. I mean, X says Elon robbing Tesla to pay Twitter is a nice graft. I believe he means grift, but maybe ah, he means yeah. graft. It's a graft yeah. too, sort of grafting um, money yeah. from one to the other. FYI, I got a Tesla ad at the start of the YouTube stream today. That is great. They are good ads. Yeah, I'm sure Amazing. Tesla could be very good advertising. You know, I, I, ultimately, like I'm not against this advertising. I think it's very good. Because I don't think the price war right now and the, the price drop are sustainable. Like we've seen, uh, I just reported today on like SAP uh, not buying Teslas anymore because in their fleet because they're the, 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 the price go down too much. And the, the, you know, EVs are super attractive to fleet manager and fleet managers buy a ton of cars. They, they, they helped Tesla a lot in the last few years. The Hertz helped Tesla a lot. Yeah. Autonomy helped Tesla a lot. They, they, they bought tens of thousands of Tesla vehicles over the last few years. Um, 
But for them, what's attractive with EVs is like the cost of ownership over a lifetime is is so much cheaper because of fuel savings. But then, but the, fuel savings is one thing. Resale value is also super important for them because they, they do resell them. And if Tesla is crashing that by keep reducing the cost, they're screwed with that. So um, there, there has to be a way for Tesla to have... I mean, I'm still good with price going down, obviously. I think that's good. But it needs to be a lot more stable than Tesla just... Right. I think that's actually what kind of killed the deal with with Hertz as well. Like, they were really frustrated about the the values of their cars. Yeah. I mean, their whole... Every time he lowered the price, the whole fleet went down quite a bit. Yeah. They were looking Uh, at their charts and like, shit, shit, shit. It's just terrible. Uh, But but yeah, and and advertising is like the uh, potential solution to that. So instead of... uh, of spending on reducing the, the the price of the vehicle, so losing money on there, you use that money to try to sell it to to people that can buy it at the current price, but they're just not convinced for whatever reason. Obviously, the, it's easier to just reduce the price, but there is an opportunity here to to get Tesla's name, and you know a lot of people don't know about Tesla's great features and don't know about the price of the car right now. They think that you think you drive a Tesla, you're a millionaire. It's just bought a hundred thousand dollar car. When, yeah, and the gas savings and everything. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot to get the word out. Yeah. Um, moving on, question: How can Rivian keep charging an astronomical price for the Max Pack? It should be a three thousand three thousand dollar increment. I agree. I think I think uh, Rivian maybe have overpriced that that tier. Um, I, I think it's like five or even more a thousand dollar extra, and you only get an extra twenty three miles or something like that. Uh, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's for those people that, you know, they're towing or they're in Alaska or something where they really need every single, uh, watt hour of, uh, power. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I'm not as familiar with the, the max pack, uh, pricing option, but yeah, I would, I would agree that, uh, sometimes the automakers, it just, it don't make sense that they just, they try to, they, they know, especially for Rivian because, um, you know, it's a luxury vehicle to a degree, and it's uh, in terms of the R1T, it can be like a work vehicle too, and you want that long, longer range, so make people pay for it. So, yeah, maybe they don't they don't have a lot of batteries right now, so they don't want to sell more than they can make. Yeah, you can sell more cars with smaller batteries. Yeah. All right. Question: Will they end Model S after Performance Model Three is out? I think that's a no. No, no definitely not. I- uh, Twitter is all that saves us from Western collapse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, this, is like, this is interesting. So Elon tweeted that today, uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, Chuck Cook, I think like, the guy that does like the left turn, that always does the, the left turn with FSD, the FSD beta tester. Big fan of Elon. Huge fan of Elon. He, he tweeted yesterday that he muted Elon because he's, he's tired of his uh, political commenting and, and all that. Um then someone else responded to that comment, explaining that, saying that, first of all, it was mean, this comment, when you look at it, because he basically claimed that Chuck Cook or anyone that criticized Elon right now do it because of money. They do it because they are in Tesla just for the money, because they are shareholders or whatever, like, and that Elon is looking beyond that money. And then even if you are in, that mo- in for the money, you should still be pro-Elon because... And I'm quoting here, every, Elon is doing everything right. And um, hmm. he's doing it for to save the U.S. He's doing this to save the U.S. Because if you don't save the U.S., there's not going to be an FSD anymore. There's not going to be Tesla shares anymore and all that. And then Elon responded to that with a single word. And that word was exactly. And so that's Elon's state of mind right now. He thinks that he's doing everything right. He's showing that he's saving the U.S. by shaming Disney for being too woke because Disney is ruining the entire world because they are going too far in the DEI. You know, I, I'm the first to admit, like, yeah, yes, there's people that are pushing the DEI too much. There are people that are going too much with extreme wokeism and all that. I don't see it as a major threat to the U.S. or to civilization, Western civilization. Yeah. It's always balanced itself out for a while. Like there's always some extremes, and then it goes back and everything. Like if Elon think, and the crazier thing of all that is like thinking that you can fix that. Like I don't think you can fix that with 
some tweets or suing Disney. It's wild. All right. Eric Hahn says, uh, why would China need our carbon tax? They're already ha- way ahead of us on moving into the electric future. Uh, they they are doing a lot of uh, coal burning, though. So Yeah, still are. They are moving fast in in the solar too. They are they, they are uh, building giant solar plants, but but uh, yeah, they're still burning a ton of carbon. Yeah, and this is a good point. You can't expect other countries to reduce carbon emissions if you won't do it yourself. That's kind yeah. of a, yeah. you want to be a positive leader. Good example. And now Elon advertises on electric. Let, let's go. Well, I'm full, fully Elon, full Elon fan now. Yeah. As soon as he yep. put a dollar in my pockets, I switch. <laughs> yep. Uh, it would be nice if Elon was more right wing, but he is neither left or right wing. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So the fanboys are raving about version 12. Uh, is it any different? Do you have version 12? Uh, no, nobody who's not a fanboy is not, has gotten version 12. Yeah. That, that's 12. the point. Yeah. 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 They're still super limited right now. It's just they, they were promising a wider release for a while, but they still have not done the wider release. Troy from X posted the importance importance of the price cuts and people flipped out. Okay. Okay, I'm not not sure. And bubble this is that Elon is not against immigration. He's just against illegal immigration, which is everyone's stance. (laughs) There's no one that's like pro illegal immigration. Like everyone agrees that people should go to a port of entry. The, it's, that's not what's at stake with the immigration crisis. The only thing that's at stake is how do you handle the illegal immigration? That's completely different. Um, anyway, we're not going to solve this on Electrek. <laughs> we, no, we're not. We, but I appreciate every single one of you that uh, listen today to the show, uh, that listen every week. We appreciate you. If you do enjoy the show, you can do a few things that are free to do to help the show one of them is to just click that like button click that share button that helps a ton uh you can subscribe and hit the notification button to know when we go live uh we go live every friday at 4 p.m but uh sometimes you 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 don't remember so it's nice to get that little notification and if you're listening on your podcast app right now we appreciate you too even though you don't see our pretty face on the on the screen you still listen to a beautiful voice or at least that's beautiful voice i I might get annoying in time um you can Give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. That's free to do. It takes a second and it helps the show a ton. Helps us get us in the top of the charts. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you that does it. Uh, we're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a safe weekend. Bye-bye.